Welcome back to 5050 Films. I'm Peter. And I'm Autumn. And uh, this episode might win our award for longest title. All thanks to this movie that Peter chose that he's going to tell you about right now. You are so not invited to my bat mitzvah. Is a coming of age movie, a coming of age comedy movie from 2023 starring Adam Sandler, Sonny Sandler, Sadie Sandler, and Jackie Sandler. And also Adina Menzel. Idina Menzel and Louise Guzman. <laughs> At the beginning of the movie, Stacey Friedman and Lydia Rodriguez Katz are planning and helping each other with plans for epic bat mitzvahs, the most important day of their lives and when they become women in the eyes of the Jewish faith. Throughout the movie, the cast moves between school, Hebrew school, assorted bat mitzvahs, and their friends' houses, as Lydia and Stacy's friendship is tested by popular girls, revenge, and Andy Goldfarb. <laughs> by the end of the movie, Stacy ruins Lydia Lydia's bat mitzvah half by accident, and she makes it up to her by sharing her own bat mitzvah party with Lydia to fix their friendship. You said it was hard to write a synopsis for that, but I think that was one of your best. Oh, that synopsis was that was the done. second draft. Oh, the first one was funny. just dumb. It sounded really bad. I feel like that like really encompasses everything. Yeah, it's a coming of age movie. It's the Sandler family, not but not the Sandler family. You know, um, I don't know. I I had a fun time. What I did give it a four. You gave it a four. I give it a three point five. I would describe this movie as surprisingly good. Yes, <laughs> surprisingly fun for what it could have been. Exactly, and that's you're always playing a little bit of a game when you see a movie like this on Netflix because it has the potential. That's why you watch it in the first place. But I know, at least for us, because we watched a lot of movies, we've played that game before and really lost um yes but this movie i would i would describe as a win and and i would say like peter and i both tend to really enjoy coming of age stories Mm -hmm. so that definitely had like scored points for for us that it might not for other people um but i did think that it was really well done you were cringing a lot yeah, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, The Mindy Project's my favorite show of all time, and I have to watch that with my eyes closed half the time because I'm so embarrassed. But I, I feel like this did... I mean, some parts of it... I don't know. Here, Here's something I really liked about this movie. Um, Sonny Sandler, who plays Stacy... Yes. Um, ...is 14. Oh, she is? Yes. And the main character of this movie is 13. Her older sister who plays the older sister, is 17. The character she plays is 16. It was very refreshing to see actual preteen, teenage girls playing that age. I will say her older sister looks like she could be in her late 20s. <laughs> she just looks very grown up. Yeah, but she, she ha- yeah. But yeah. she was playing an, an age um, at which she is. But I think particularly for Stacy's character and these middle school girls, having actual middle school girls play them makes a world of difference. I really felt that way. Because there's just something about... Obviously, that's such a weird time in your life. And, like, you can just tell if someone's playing a middle schooler and they're not a middle schooler. Like, it becomes glaringly obvious. I will say middle schoolers nowadays look a lot better than middle schoolers when when we were in middle school because they have the internet and they know how to, like, make themselves look better, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, like dressing up. Yeah, and like, 
the clothes their fashion they wear. Sense and, is better, yeah. Yeah, but just like yeah, I I don't know. That was really refreshing to me to watch somebody who is clearly around that age, um, going through those those struggles. Um, but yeah, there were lots of cringe parts of this movie, but I feel like that's a staple of coming of age because it's a it's a weird <laughs> it's a weird transition yeah, in yeah, life. Yeah, strange time. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was fun. Uh, I made the joke after we watched the movie, but it's very clear that Adam Sandler's kids uh, got a lot of the good genes from their mom because he has his, his good looking kids. You know, they're you know his wife is beautiful. His wife used to be a model. Yeah, I can tell. She is stunning. <laughs> she is stunning. She uh, they met on on set. Um, at like, I forget, I, I was just looking at this and I forget what the name of the movie was. Um, but I guess the first movie that they were in together, she was like a, a waitress at like a oh, bar, okay. at like a bar or something like that. And, uh, they met, hit it off, got married, and she has been in like every single one of his movies since, I, in, in some kind of capacity. I looked yeah. her up and, and saw that on her, yeah. on her, uh, She's page. in like... Grown ups, she's in, you know, all everything. Yeah, <laughs> Every, I love that. I yeah. had seen an interview with them well before we watched this movie where people were like asking him, like, What's the secret to your 20 something year marriage? And he, he was like, We like each other, like, we like <laughs> yeah. spending time with each other. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you people, which I, I really liked. So, you know, Adam Sandler, of course, a, a controversial actor only in that. He is in ever anything, you know. Like it, some of his movies are really bad, and some of them are really good. And some of the ones that are considered good by some people, other people hate because they hate like he's doing like voices or whatever. Isn't it so refreshing to talk about an actor who's only controversial because of his acting? Because some people don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and and like honestly, there is the whole like light conspiracy theory that Adam Sandler only takes movies that give him and his friends a vacation because it's always the same people, right? Like, it's him and David Spade and, like, a couple other, you know. There's this, like, group, you know, Kevin Smith. Yeah, and people want to hate on that just because they could People hate it. on it because they're jealous, <laughs> yeah. basically. Because they, he'll take a movie and it'll be, like, set in the tropics or it's him and, uh... Oh, what's her name from Friends? Jenna Aniston. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston. And it, <laughs> and they're doing, like, a cruise ship movie. Yeah. Or, you know, like, like the, those, like, uh, murder mystery... Yeah, uh, we're, we're both like, <laughs> you know, like vacation. It's always vacation movies with this guy. And you know what? I I don't think that everything he's in is funny. I've seen some real bad Adam Sandler movies. Mm -hmm. But I respect the hell out of the we're getting a vacation out of this mindset for all these films, right? Um, at this point in his career, like in this movie particularly and in a couple other movies, Sandler is just the dad character like that's his whole thing his whole shtick is he's like the sarcastic goofy dad the grown-ups movies is sandler being a dad mm -hmm. this movie sandler being a dad you know um and in this movie he basically just got both of his daughters you know more acting credits essentially you know he they all definitely made money, you know, like... But it was good. It was Netflix, and it was fun. Yeah, it was It was good, and it was fun, so it's successful. So, like, that is, like, better for them even, too. It's, and like, it's like, so smart. Like, how... You know, honestly, probably the reason why him and his wife love each other so much after 20-something years of a Hollywood marriage 
is because, A, she's in all his movies, so it's not like she's not with him for months out of the year when, yeah, when he's, point. you know, filming. <laughs> like, also, like I just said, he does all these, like, vacation-ass movies, so if she's in them, she's traveling with them to Fiji or wherever the hell they're... They're, they're like, you know, like, like, I'm sure most of his, like, jobs feel like family vacations with work attached, you know? Which is awesome. Like, that's cool as hell. Right. Yeah, and if you had control over that, like, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, like if 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 I if we could both do our jobs remote from like an island somewhere, <laughs> we would probably do it for a couple months out of the year because it'd be fun. No, we're not fancy people. We don't have a lot of money, but you know what I mean. You are, we are off on a whole. Yeah, but like, just... still, like I, I think it's awesome that he gets to do these cool movies with his family. Like that's like that's like that is like super impressive. In like a, like a, this man is probably parenting super well kind of way. I think it right? needs to be said that both of his daughters <laughs> did incredibly mm-hmm. in this movie. Like their yeah. actual acting skill, like they did very well. Yeah, they both acted in the movie. It, it, it wasn't like a you know, Sandler just put his kids in a movie to give yeah. him credit. Like I, you know, like I did, I did say that, but I didn't say that like you know, right with that tone. Yeah, he, like like I can see how people would throw that as a negative, but these kids, like they weren't bad. You know, they both acted, and I'm sure it was super easy to like to be someone's older sister when you're already actually their older sister there has to be like a certain level of comfort there too or like him yelling at her i'm sure that was like fun for both of them because i don't know obviously i don't know how he treats his kids i'm sure it's nice but like (laughs) just to be positive i'm sure he treats them well but i'm sure it was fun for them to from the yell at each other like that like that must have been fun especially for her like to like scream at her get the chance to scream at her dad and not be punished yeah yeah especially at that age too um yeah that's one of the better scenes in the movie is we have and this is kind of what ends up in the so peter said in his synopsis that stacy ruins lydia's bar mitzvah bat mitzvah my bad i keep doing that um half on accident and so what happens is stacy's supposed to make lydia's entrance video um Lydia steals Stacy's crush, who has also been Lydia's crush, and Lydia just never said anything. And so Stacy makes the video in like a revenge version. She has this file on her computer of all the most embarrassing Lydia videos that she's ever taken, and she puts them all together on a video. And she saves it on her computer, but she decides that she's not gonna do it. It was like just kind of for her. Um, but then she and her dad are in this like knockdown, drag out fight. Um, upstairs because she got caught uh, kissing Andy Goldfarb uh, at in the in the temple um, and during Hebrew school and so Lydia's mom is in the neighborhood stops by says hey could I get that video for Lydia's uh, bat mitzvah and so Stacy's mom sends it to her just sends it to her sees the file doesn't watch it just sends it to her and that's what they play um when lydia shows up but yeah that whole uh them just screaming at each other while the women are trying to have a conversation at the door um was maybe my favorite moment in the movie i thought that was very funny (laughs) we invite the nazis so you could have a mojito bar (laughs) (laughs) oh it was it was just loudly you know hearing sandler yell in the background was like made that whole scene you know Little bits and back and forth. And, and stuff. they had said something. I forget if it was Stacy said it or the older sister character said it, but someone had said like, 
don't tell dad something because he's gonna put Andy Goldfarb in a in a wood chipper. And he he does yell something like Andy Goldfarb's going in the wood chipper. <laughs> it was funny. That was a really good scene. Um, yeah, I mean, I I thought I, I had a good time. I really did. I I did love at the end how she like called Andy Goldfarb out for actually just being basic. <laughs> <laughs> he's so boring. Yeah, he's which like, is the point. Super I, I, boring. Like yeah. Guy. I, I yeah. like that too because I felt like he was very realistic of like that that trope of like yeah, the, the boy, boy everyone's the, obsessed yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. I liked that a lot. He was so horrible to his grandma though. That poor lady. <laughs> he like went to visit her all the time, but only because he was forced to. And then one scene we see him like running with her in the wheelchair just because he's bored. He just <laughs> wants to like. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it was the one kid. I don't know what the actor's name was. I don't know if we can even pull it up. Mateo but... is the character, and we yeah. need to talk about him because for a brief second, he was also in the second movie we watched this week, which is kind of crazy. Um, I I had looked him up, and I know his last name is hyphenated, but that's uh, about all I know. So Peter is looking that up right now. But he plays the foreign exchange student, um, who is very clearly the actual like worthwhile love interest for Stacy because he's he's very kind. He always comes to the Hebrew school even though he's not Jewish. He's, um, yeah. and he, Based on the fact that he's what Ecuadorian or yeah, whatever, he's probably yeah. Catholic or yeah, some he says, of it, He but. says, I, I go to church every Sunday and I figured I needed some, some holiness the rest of the week or something. And yeah. so he goes to the temple and he helps these little, little kids like bake their hollow bread and stuff and that ends up being a whole thing because then he and Stacy open a little bakery as her mitzvah or like good deed project. Dean Scott Vasquez is his name. Okay. Uh, I'm trying yep yeah and uh yeah he's in he's also credited in the movie that uh that we the other side movie we watched this week as well as Transformers Rise of the Beasts and uh In the Heights. In the Heights. I wonder who he was in the, it in says the Heights. Sedo. Sedo. S E D O. Okay. It's no been long enough it since yeah. we watched it. He's in a bunch of, bunch of little bit parts since uh, 2019. Okay. So. Yeah, he was fun. And his character makes Andy Goldfarb look even more boring <laughs> by comparison. Because he has this friend who like has actual interests and, and substance, um, which makes Andy seem even more boring uh when they're all hanging out together good god that kid was born in 2008 yeah so was uh so was sunny sandler oh my god (laughs) wait damn he's born in 2008 and he's the same age as the younger yeah the younger Younger one the one who plays a lot jesus actually he's probably 15 this year Okay, yeah, this is not about him. I don't know, yeah, I, I, I don't know, that, that's crazy, these kids are, I'm getting old. The really stressful part is, like, is, about getting old is, is, what is I, with you we're today? pulling off on a tangent before we, before we stop talking about this, this movie. Um, we the, really did, because The weird just... part about getting old is that, like, you know, obviously child actors are, well, child actors are younger than me now. Yeah, they're children. Which is weird. In a way, I mean, in a way, it makes sense because they're kids, you know, and uh, you know, whatever. But like, you'll find you'll find like one actor that you're like, you're like, yeah, I, I, I'm older than them. 
I thought they were older than me. You, you always hit like that one person where you're like, fuck, that guy was older. And it's like, oh shit. I don't know. Or for me, it's like YouTubers. I'll find out a YouTuber's like 22. And I'll be like, oh, that just was in his 30s. Because I just assume people are like, you know, you, you, like, go, you assume people are older than you for like so long as yeah. a kid that you still, but when you're in your late 20s, you haven't quite gotten into that me- mentality of, I might be older than this guy yet. Um, so it's, <laughs> I like see, like, oh, this dude I like listen to his podcast is like the only podcast I still listen to. One of the dudes is like 24. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. One of them is like almost, he's like 33 or something like that. But like still, ugh, stressful. Anyway, we're totally off topic now. Anything else you want to say about? I mean, we hardly talked podcast? about it because you just talked yeah, about we'll talk Adam Sandler. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's part of the deal. We talk about... The stuff around the movie, we talk about the movie itself, right? Like, I mean, I thought, I mean, like, I thought, I thought it was fun. I didn't, I didn't think, it didn't do anything crazy. It wasn't like, you know, mold breaking for me, like, uh, oh God, that, the, the singer whose parents are deaf one. Uh, Coda. Coda. Yeah, it wasn't like anything crazy like Coda where I was like, oh, this is a coming of age story. That's also like a deeply touching like yeah. discourse on, uh, yeah. you know, disability. But, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I had a really good time with it. Oh, yeah, what I wanted to say was, like, so this is the second movie we've watched this year about bar or bot mitzvahs <laughs> in general. The one about bar mitzvahs, one about bot mitzvahs. I think he did both, to be honest. And in, Cha-Cha in Real Smooth. Smooth. Yeah. Um... But, I mean, like, I find that whole subculture kind of fascinating, I'll be honest. Like, the, the idea of having, like, a massive party for a specific birthday, and mm-hmm. it, it kind of feeds into the, And they did, they did a little... Did they do a little bit at the beginning of this movie about it? About, like, coming-of-age parties? I don't think so. I thought they did. Maybe it was in the trailer or yeah, something that I, I saw. Know. But it was talking about how, you know, like, the Sweet 16 exists. There's the... You know, every culture has their yeah, own, the like... Yeah, the quinceañera. Um, and, like, I... We grew up in a part of the world that has none of those things, really. I think some kids might have had sweet 16s. Nobody I knew really had one. Yeah, this is only for rich people, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> I think it's like... That's like... <laughs> that's like a Southern California, if you're... If you don't have any, like, Hispanic heritage... You might do, like, a sweet 16 as, like, a, a party or something. But, like, you know, we just we just turned 16, 15, 13 and, you know, got our driver or learner's permits, you know? Yeah. So, like, that, that, whole, that whole culture behind, like, ha- throwing a crazy party with, like, dec- like massive decorations and a full-ass DJ and a dance floor and inviting... Like, you know, all of the kids that your child knows is, like, wild to me, you know? Did you ever go to any, like, big parties when you were a kid? Like, birthday party kind of things? I don't think so. We just didn't live somewhere where there were enough people to, like, really... Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, what my graduating class had, like, 130 people in it or something like that. Yeah. Which is very small town. Not as small town as some of my other friends, but, like... Yeah. My class was bigger than yours. We were close to 200. If I mention that here, they're like, what? There was like 500 people in my graduating class. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus. I talked to Alex about it, and there was like, I think it was 800 kids in his graduating oh class. Oh my gosh. I was like, holy shit, how big was your high yeah, school? Yeah, they could have a party. Like, that's <laughs> crazy. Like, 
that's New Jersey, apparently, you know? Like, I was like, damn, dude. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know. So I, I love seeing these, like, these massive parties. It's like, it's like something I never experienced as a kid. And, you know, it's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. That would have been really fun. <laughs> like, that sort of stuff. And uh, we're going to actually get into that same sort of sentiment in our next movie. So let's switch to the media break. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to have very much to say in this segment. I had a week from hell, and I did not do very much aside from mandatory <laughs> uh, work and homework stuff. So, no movies for me. What about you? I also did not have a very eventful movie week. Um, just, uh, just didn't. So, nothing? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I talked about the four uh, anime we started last week because we recorded on Monday, didn't right. we? Right. Yeah, yeah, we did. So, yeah, I didn't watch any movies. We didn't get the chance to because I was busy on Tuesday night, which I will talk about during this media break. Um, and uh, Wednesday, yeah, there was like nothing going on. Um, it's just We just didn't have the time. Gotcha. <laughs> um... For shows together, we have watched maybe one episode of Come We Can't Communicate. Um, still having a lot of fun with that. I'm glad we started. I started it. I think it's like the perfect thing for me to be watching right now, just because it's like it's not mindless, but it's it's very just like cute and fun and short, <laughs> which are all things that I need right now that I'm so busy with work and with school. Uh, separately, I'm just watching Dancing with the Stars. We actually have big plans this week. I'm so excited. Dancing with my birthday's on a Tuesday, and Dancing with the Stars comes out every Tuesday. So I'm gonna make Peter watch it with me, and um, we're gonna eat wings, and it's gonna be the best birthday ever. It's Motown night this this oh. week. So just so you know, I have no idea what that means. You no. will. You will by uh <laughs> by Wednesday, uh at eight o'clock. So is it Motown Detroit? No, it's a genre of music. Where was it come up with? I'm not an expert. A place called Motown? Were there a lot of men named Mo there? Okay, you're... Okay, sorry. I'm being I'm being dumb. All right, anyway, uh, what's the next uh, category? What TV did you watch by yourself? Okay, I... I don't know if I watched a whole lot. Of... You know, honestly, I don't think I even watched, like any episodes or anything with the guys either like i didn't watch any myself i've been watching a lot of game grumps at work you know um when i have lunch breaks but like other than that like i i've been like kind of behind I, I you know i have it's been a it's been a been a weird active but inactive week for media for me you know um so yeah i, I don't think i watch any shows what do you mean by active inactive I went to some live performances, and we let's, did one let's together. Let's talk about we that. Talk about, yeah, we might as we well. don't have a like separate category for that. No. Instead of watching a comedy special on our couch, like shut-ins, we went out in person to watch Russell Howard last night, and actually. It, when we're recording this, um, and it, it was the best. It was our first ever live stand-up show. Yeah, and we were was... we were talking about earlier. It was so fun that it was both of our yeah. first stand-up show, and for someone we already knew that both of us really, really loved, because it just like added this like 
fun energy to the whole night. Ugh. Yeah, it was it was I it was so good, you know. They had the opener guy come out, do like fifteen minutes. Um, and he was local to our he was, area, he was which local, was really fun. Which, which was really fun. He, he had some jokes that I didn't think were super funny, but, like, the local stuff was funny. Yeah. Like, you know, observational comedy about where you live is always pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was he was a good opener, like, opened us up. And speaking of observational comedy about where we live, yeah. <laughs> Russell Howard ripped into, where like, we live. Yeah. like, our area. It was so funny. He did some crazy jokes about some really poorly named areas of, of, of where we are. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it was it was really good. And it was extra fun for us, those bits, because we're not from here originally, but we've lived here long enough to, like, feel like this is our home. So we were able to kind of see both sides of that, where, like, when we pulled up here and saw some of the names of these places, we were like, what the hell? Um, but now we live here, so we kind of get that side of it, too. Yeah. So it's just, it was, uh, it was so fun. We actually got an extra half hour of the show because he just kept going on tangents um which was great for us that was yeah we got a lot of extra content we're really excited to to watch the netflix special when it comes out at the end of the tour um and to see like what has changed or what is different from what we got to see live um the audience in there was incredible yeah everyone was so good we everyone was having so much fun it was just the best atmosphere i told peter like the second we walked out i got a little sad (laughs) i have never i am incredibly introverted i hate crowds i have never left a live performance feeling like oh i wish that wasn't over usually it is a that was fun but i'm glad that's over um and and this time it's just like oh i could have listened to like three more hours of that like it was just so (laughs) much fun yeah i mean uh it, w- it was really good. So that will not be the last time we go to live stand-up, but I also feel like it's going to be so hard to top. Because he was already someone that we both yeah. loved. Like, we've talked about it on the podcast before, like, both of his specials. That was that was the first time that Peter and I have watched stand-up together where we both were dying. Because I feel like when it comes to that sort of thing, we have very uh, different senses of humor. And also, so much of stand-up is based on, like, what's relatable to you um, and... and and that sort of thing, and because, like, you know, we are quite different in a lot of different ways. It's, like, doesn't always hit, but he, uh, he's just so good. It's so fun. Do you want to talk about what you went to without me? Ah, yes. Without Autumn on Tuesday, I went to Game Grumps Live, which was, I, I think we were, like, tour stop 14 for them or something like that. It was pretty cool. I, I had to drive about two hours away to a different city um but like it honestly attending that in it all was like this like cosmic luck thing because i saw i had kept seeing their ads and i was like you know what it'd be really it'd be kind of cool to go see these guys since i've been watching their youtube channel like you know off and on for like seven years right like since i worked at gamestop i were i've watched game grumps um and uh i was like you know what i where let me look. I gotta look. Like, who? Where are they gonna be? They've none. They're not gonna be anywhere close. If anywhere, they're gonna be in D.C., like or like somewhere. You know, some big city that's like many hours away. I was like, where are they gonna be? They were two hours. They were like they were like an hour and a half away. I was like, shit. <laughs> How much are these tickets? They're probably like a hundred and sixty dollars or something like that. Probably getting scalped like crazy. Fifty one dollars. 
okay, I I think I'm going to go to Game Grumps Live. I'm like, what day of the week is it? It's a Tuesday. I can take off half a day of work and go to and go see Game Grumps. Like, I think I'm going to do that. Like, Autumn might might want to go, might not want to go, but probably can't go. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I I'd still I still it's something I really want to do. You know, one of those like bucket list things because a lot of the YouTube channels that were big when I was younger are like dying now, and like Game Grumps just seem to be doing fine. But, you know, there's like there's always that fear that it's like, oh, what if something shuts down and they had, like, a live show that was close to me and I didn't, get, I didn't take the chance to go? Like, at this point, like, I used to watch The Creatures. They're completely defunct. I used to watch, um, there are, like, multiple Rooster Teeth, or previous Rooster Teeth, like, IPs that, like, got acquired that are gone now. Like, Cow Chop's gone. Um, Achievement Hunter just, just dissolved. Super Mega just dissolved. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I gotta do it. I gotta do it. So I did it. It was it was incredible. It was awesome. Um, the way they the way they the way they do it is well they had their one of their the guy who's touring with them who's also does YouTube stuff. His name's Dad Bot. He came out had us got us all like loose and ready to go. Had them had they would pull people out of the audience to do like dance offs up on stage. The one guy who won I think got some sort of prize. I don't remember what it was. And then they you know the game drums came out. And uh, half the theater was Team Not-So-Grump, and half the theater was Team Grump, because their intro is, hey, I'm Grump, I'm Not-So-Grump, and we're the Game Grumps. It's like the whole thing. So I was on Team Not-So-Grump. They gave us all Burger King-style uh, crown hats. Um, half, the other, half the theater was Team Grump, so I was on Dan's team. It was Dan and Aaron. And, uh, and they would pull people up. They, they were doing like comedy bits a little bit. They pull people up. There's like a whole story. I don't want to talk about the story of the thing um, because I feel like that kind of spoils part of it. Um, I think this might be the last year they did. They did tournament of gamers last year, and they're doing it. I don't think they're gonna be doing it again. This one's this one was called the final tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was just fun, and <laughs> they'd have people come up and like play these video games that they had, like they had they had made for this. Um, and they're just like, you know, little, little like competitive party games and whatever side of the theater did better won, And then they tallied it up at the end. We lost pretty, pretty badly. <laughs> um, <laughs> which was kind of sad, but, uh, you know, it, at the same time, it was, it was a really fun time. The, a lot of the visual gags are really good. And it was so funny that even 14 days into the tour, um, Dan and Aaron are still reacting to way, things in a way and they making jokes about stuff. And there was some stuff that you knew wasn't scripted. It was like unscripted mm-hmm. portions. And like just Aaron or Dan making each other a cackle, like at just raw off the cuff, like, <laughs> you know, just like, just like crazy reaction, like laughing at each other. That was some of the best stuff. It, it was so good. It was like, ah, oh, I've seen them do this on screen and I'm seeing them do it like, 150 feet in front of me or whatever <laughs> i was like this is awesome i love this so much i was on the orchestra i was on the bottom floor of the orchestra level but i was pretty far back so that was even nice because i got to just walk right out of there at yeah. the end of the day the and go right to my car <laughs> we didn't talk about with russell howard was our seats were like crazy yeah yeah we were so close yeah for not very much money at all which was very fun yeah, like I think in for Game Grumps, I was in rows row R, so that far back in the alphabet. Um, for, for Russell, how we were in row H. 
Yeah. And we were very close. And we were on the aisle, so like... Very like, small theater in general. There's two levels. I think the top level might go back further than the bottom level in that theater. Okay. Because of how everything's kind of tiered out. Um, but, yeah. We were really close. We were like maybe 50 feet away from the guy. Uh, maybe 40 even. I don't know. Uh, it was... It, you could see all his facial expressions and stuff. That was awesome. I really liked that. Um, so good. Yeah, so maybe not the best <sighs> week for a lot of other things, but yeah, live live performances, which yeah. is fun. As for books, I did finish my audiobook, The Girl Who Drank the Moon, and as I've been saying, as I anticipated, that was a five-star book for me. Very Howl's Moving Castle vibes, very whimsical, very fun. Um, I really recommend the audiobook as a way to experience that story because it was just very well done. Um, so I'm going to be starting Beyond the Wand, the Tom Felton uh, memoir. On audio, which I'm really excited mm-hmm. for. I haven't done a celebrity memoir in a while, and I really like listening to them on audio. And this one will be super fun, because Harry Potter's my entire childhood. So I, I think it'll be really cool to just get some behind-the-scenes stories um, from, from Harry Potter. Uh, and then physically, I'm still reading Dreadful Tale of Prosper Reddy. It's been three weeks, and that makes me want to cry. I just, like, do not have a lot of time to read. We are going camping this weekend. Yeah, which, we probably finish Prosper Reading. Yeah, we get a lot of reading done usually. So while we're camping, I'm hoping to finish Prosper Reading and start Rouge by Mona Awad, which is my in-person book club book uh, for this month. We meet on the 24th, so I Ooh. need to have it finished by then. So I'm hoping this... started. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping this camping trip will be a good... I It conveniently... We didn't plan it on purpose, but it like conveniently falls on my grad school fall break weekend. Um, so I have less homework, so as long as I like really, really stay on it this week, uh, I should be able to go on this camping trip and not take any homework. Yeah. What are you reading? I am reading currently uh, Meet Mr. Mulliner by P.G. Wodehouse. P.G. Wodehouse, of course, born in the 1880s. Uh, same sort of, um, same like generation as Evelyn Waugh and all those other guys that wrote comedy stuff back then, right? So, you know, he's not right. He's not, not this, not same as Chambers, but the same as 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 you know Evelyn Waugh. Whatever. Anyway, uh, it's it's you know it's fun little comedy stories, um, and they're they're all like 20 pages longish. So like, and it's it's. The idea is it's Mr. Mulliner at this pub called the Angler's Rest, I think is what it's called, um, and they just get him talking about different members of his family, and he's like kind of a braggart, and a lot of the things are kind of fantastical, um, but it's funny. It's fun. It's entertaining, um, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not super far into it. I think I'm like 60 pages into it or something like that. Um, it's like a 170, 180 pages book. Um, but I was not in the reading mood for like the past two days of work this week, so I just wasn't doing it um but i finished this week um a portrait of the artist as a young man uh wasn't a huge fan of it to be honest i might keep it because it's the fun comp one of the fun copies i got in canada from, i was just gonna ask from that. uh i thought you did blue indigo, indigo. <laughs> i was close different color but, <laughs> um and then I, uh, that one, I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. Uh, the writing style was difficult, but that one wasn't the problem. It was just, it was about Irish, like an Irish Catholic guy. Um, and it was just a little, it leaned a little too far into the Catholic portion of Irish Catholic. And I was like, 
this is like kind of losing me in like religious fervor that I'm not like super into. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure Ulysses is good. I've heard it's a tough, a tough read. Um, but this is not the year for tough reads. This is the year for all of my fiction reads and just a varied uh, bunch of stuff. I have some plans for next year. Um, Autumn and I have plans to read a bunch of uh, South American literature. Um, and there's all, we also have plans to get to read some... Uh, or I have plans to read all of the Dresden Files. I was going to say, I, think, I thought we only had that one which, plan. Which that will be fun. Dresden Files will be fun, and it'll probably go very quickly, uh, based on how fast I plowed through some of these other like series. Um, and then I, I have I have plans to I think I want to try to read Infinite Jest next year, uh, and maybe also Gravity's Rainbow if Infinite Jest doesn't make me want to pull my eyes out, um, because I've heard those are both very difficult and very like um, thought provoking. Uh, non-standard style reads like Infinite Jest has footnotes for footnotes and they all kind of you know work their way into the story <laughs> somehow um so uh, that's sort of non-standard narrative stuff i kind of want to give a shot but i want to do it in a way where i'm like i'm like i've finished everything else i want to read this year or I, i've just done a bunch of you know fun stuff we're gonna read infinite jest for like a month and a half probably how long it takes me to read that thing um and then it's probably gonna be I, and then I think after I finish one of those beefy books, I'm going to try to get some... Maybe maybe I'll put in another series of something. Um, there are some series that I've started through this you know, this project. Dresden Files is one of them. And uh, I, I think that there's some of them that I'd like to, to explore and like read the, the rest of. Because I think that would be very interesting. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Right after I finished the Joyce book, I read Dragon's Egg by Robert L. Forward. Wow! Um, I was so impressed by that book. Um, it wasn't anything super crazy. It was super sci-fi. It was a sci-fi-ass sci-fi book. Um, but not in the way that, um, Accession was. I wasn't sure if I would like Accession. And I kind of didn't in some ways. Um, but Dragon's Egg, which is, I think, from the 70s? I don't remember. I really need to look that up. Um... That book, and I've never read any, any of Robert L. Ford's stuff, um, but on the front cover, there's a blurb from Arthur C. Clarke, who I have read some of his stuff. I recognize his, his like, authority on in sci-fi, right? Um, and I was like, I was like, okay, so if, if Arthur C. Clarke is, like, giving this man so many props, it's, this must be really good. There's a high chance this is actually really good because Arthur C. Clarke is fantastic, um, and I'm glad I took that chance because it was it was very good. It, it read his writing style is so good. It's it's like it's like he's talking about these complex concepts. We basically throughout this book watch a a a, a pulsar right a neutron star. Um, it it, it get, there's life on the crust of this neutron star, um, and it is like and it like is time there is like rapid so like you'll see all the timestamps. like as at a certain point in the book all the timestamps become part of the same day and the civilization on the neutron star is like is rapidly developing um and it'll be like 15 seconds later like 10 years have passed or like 15 years have passed or 
Actually, it's closer to like 30 years have passed. It's, it's some crazy time dilation. It's like hundreds of years pass in like minutes or whatever. Um, and it's, it's, it's very, it's super cool and interesting to kind of watch this civilization grow up from like hunter gatherer primitive stages the whole way to, they are more advanced than us now because they have more time than we do basically. Um, and it was, it was super, super neat. Um, and I have another book by him. I don't remember what the title of it is. I just bought it when I was getting some of Autumn's, uh, birthday presents um, I picked up another Robert L. Forward book. This was before I even read Dragon's Egg, so I picked it up and I was like, I hope Dragon Egg is good because I have this other book from this guy now. Um, and now I'm excited because I know that even if even if the subject matter is a little different and I'm not as interested in it, at least it'll be written well, so I'll be able to read it you know, pretty quickly. <sighs> That'll be really nice. Um, and yeah, right after Mr. Moliner, which theoretically should only take me one more work day, I have Anna Karenina by Tolstoy, <laughs> which will not take me one work day. That's probably going to be like a week if I read it every day. Um, it's a it's a thousand pages of book. And that was on your your list for read this year before you even decide to do this project. So. Yeah, yeah. I have some books on there that I'm not going to read this year on my list. Like Gravity's Rainbow's on there. I'm not reading Pinchon this year. That's not going to happen. I'm going to wait till next year and do my idea of yeah. <laughs> reading difficult stuff like slower. Um, I hope that Tolstoy is written well. I've heard... Did he do... Well, who did War and Peace? I think him. Is it is it Tolstoy or Dostoevsky? I think it know? was Tolstoy. Uh, either My way. My dad really liked Anna Karenina, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so that... I'm, he read it during lockdown. <laughs> I'm positive about that. I'm feeling positive about it. I know it's, it's just the length, I think, that's going to be, you know... Did, did he write War and Peace? Yeah, he did. Okay. Um, my mom really likes War and Peace. Yeah, I remember like, that. I think it's one of her favorite books. Um, I'm sure I'll get a text message from my mom that's be like, yeah, it is one of my favorite books. Or, no, it's not one of my favorite books anymore. <laughs> I, it's It's been usurped by the Thursday Murder Club or something. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also, you know, it is also concerning with the length. The last thousand page book I read was The Cryptonomicon, I think, by uh, Stevenson, Neil Stevenson. Yeah, that was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was when we did that uh, challenge. It was when it was the the beginning of the, the challenge for that book. Yes, we did the that extended universe magical readathon yeah, in the one magical year. Read-a-thon. Yeah. And then we just proceeded to ignore all the other readathons from that series that she was trying to do. Yeah, it was too much. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and that was really good, and, but I knew it was going to be, because I had already read Neil Stevenson and, like, had heard good things about the Cryptonomicon. Um, I'm getting the wrap it up from the from the pit here, so... I motioned uh, it gonna... instead of saying it so that we didn't have to talk about it. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm... I'm, 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 I'm tentatively excited for that one and only kind of worried because of the length all right stay tuned theater camp is a 2023 comedy starring ben platt molly gordon noah galvin and jimmy tatro 
When Joan, the beloved founder of Adirondacks, a summer acting camp for kids, goes into a coma, her son Troy, played by Tatro, runs the camp in her place. The staff are not at all impressed by Troy, who has no interest in theater. Amos and Rebecca Diane are working on a musical tribute to Joan entitled Joan Still, while their 15-year friendship is being tested. Third-generation stagehand Glenn is basically running the entire camp single-handedly, while no one there is aware of just how talented he really is. When Troy realizes the camp is going bankrupt, he has to try and save it before it's too late. And all while this is happening, the campers are auditioning for roles and attending classes and rehearsals. Filmed in the style of documentary, theater camp explores just what it means to be a theater kid. Yeah. Oh, man. So... We didn't even talk about ratings for this one because we watched it, like, a couple hours ago. <laughs> yeah, we finished it at four. Um, <laughs> I feel like this was a... Uh, oh, it, well, it wasn't that good. You don't have to die over it. <laughs> I think I'd give this one four stars. I think this was a, a four star. I think I'd also give it four stars. Okay. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it could have been a little... So Okay, so everything, every summer camp movie for me always gets compared to um, Wet Hot American Summer. Okay. Because it's a full parody of summer camp movies, um, and but it's so funny, right? And mm-hmm. we watched first day of camp, the like yes, the I one remember. series, and that was good. It was fun. It was dumb, but <laughs> it was fun. Um, and I think that this one, there were some moments where it could have been a little funnier. I think, but at the same time, the like dry documentary humor they were trying to do with it was very good, mm-hmm. and I did laugh out loud. So I mean. I, 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 yeah, I'd, I'd say four is a pretty dang good score for it, you know? Yeah. And it's only an hour and a half long. Yeah, it's short They one. They accomplish quite a bit in, in a small period of time. We we both went into this wanting it to redeem Ben Platt in our eyes. You liked Ben Platt a lot. I, or had liked him before. I really liked him in Pitch Perfect. Um, yeah. and I thought he was fine in Pitch Perfect. I didn't remember I like his music. Um, but neither of us were very impressed by Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. So. I thought it was, I actually was like less than impressed by Dear oh, Evan Hansen. I know. I thought that I was, remember. was bad. <laughs> um, but I would say, I mean, he's obviously, he's not the main character in this movie. Like he kind of is, but isn't at the same time. There almost isn't Three. one, yeah, which I really yeah. liked. I would rather follow a group of people, I think, than like one main character. Yeah. I, I think deuteragonists work for something like this better than, like, a single person that you're focusing on, uh-huh. you know? Um, and, yeah, him and Rebecca Diane, is yeah. her name? Oh, my God. Um, they're both kind of insufferable. In the best know? way. Yeah. Like, in, intentionally. In, like, a funny way. Yeah, <laughs> they're supposed to be. Um, which is, yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I loved Tatro. I love Tatro. I love him in everything I see him in. He really stands out in this movie because he is so different from literally everyone else in his environment. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and the funny thing is, Jimmy Tatro is an actor. And he, yeah, of course. And, and he <laughs> he is constantly portraying the like opposite of of like theater kids and mm-hmm. acting kids to the point where you're almost like. Is this just a frat guy that wandered into a casting call at some point? And everyone was like, he's fucking perfect. And they started casting him in things. Like, he's a frat guy that can remember lines, so they, so they put him in plays. Or or he's the he's like me in the in in high school. Like they were like, the drama club needs men for their performances, and we need guys because there's 
we don't have enough. And he was like, all right. <laughs> like, you know, just jumped in, you know. Uh, I So, yeah, and I think he, he's perfect as the, like, you know, kind of dude bro son of this mm-hmm. incredibly creative woman who's made this massive summer camp for, you know, drama kids. I think Ugh. the people who really shine in this movie are the kids playing the kids. Yeah. Um, because that, you can't really explain what it is to be a theater kid unless you have been one. Mm. Um, but they, the kids in this movie just embody that so well. <laughs> just in everything, in the way they look at each other, in the way they respond to the teachers, and like all, every single thing they do is just so... I, I don't know, it just, like, felt very real um, as someone who was <laughs> a theater kid and is, like, feeling very far from it nowadays. Like, that's that's a part of my life, like, looking so forward to, like, a casting list coming up and things like that. That's that's something I look back on and be like, I do not remember that person. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was a whole different life where that was, like, my whole existence was, like, getting a certain role or, like, getting to be a part of something like that. It was really, like, wonderful and magical, and it teaches you so many wonderful skills to be in theater as a kid. But I've just, like, grown up, and I'm so different now. It's, like, kind of, like, almost comical to look back on when that was my whole life. Um, (laughs) That's how Peter and I met, so I I owe it a lot, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, really. uh, But, yeah, it it was a really good portrayal. Um, and, And as we mentioned, the kid who plays Mateo in... Uh, you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah, uh, is one of the kids in the theater camp. He's not a main role. Like, we see his face, like, one time, but I was like, oh my gosh! Like, what are the odds that I would randomly pick a movie that also has somebody that you just picked, like, little-known somebody? They named every one of these children in the cast list, Mm -hmm. um, which you thought was hilarious. I loved it. Um, and I think, I think it's also great, because it's like, they all have their own name. You don't hear their names, like... Ever mm-hmm. like there's like very there's few scenes couple. where you see you hear a person like a kid's name. We know a Sebastian. We know a Darla. Just Chantal. Yeah, or and, something they and, talk about her. Yeah, and whatever the kid who comes out as heterosexual, his name is. They definitely say it, but I don't remember uh, what it was. Yeah, Jesse or something. I it was not Jesse. <laughs> um, and it was just so funny that they they were like, all right, we're gonna name each of you has a named part. And that, and you're gonna be that kid for this, like for this this uh, filming session. Um, for sure, it was fun, you know. Yeah, it makes it more fun yeah. for them, and it gives them better experience. I told Peter I love. There's a Christopher L and a Christopher S. We would never know that because no one ever says it. <laughs> but I was just like, that is so realistic for like elementary school. Like, there's always some sort of kid who who has the same name as you, and you like call them by first name, last initial. I like really loved that. Yeah, I, I think the, <laughs> there is a scene. So we, we've got this kid. He's kind of a new kid. Um, I would love to have gotten this story from his perspective because I feel like it would have been so interesting. <laughs> he, like, shows up. Everyone's auditioning. They're singing show tunes. He sings some popular song. He that, sings Post Malone. Uh, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that Troy loves. He's, he's into it. Yeah. Um, and so he gets cast in this Joan Still big original musical production as a father. Um he gets in trouble with the other kids at camp because he gets caught playing football with the camp from across the, the lake because <laughs> yeah. it, those kids said no one at, at Camp Adirondacks would know how to play football, and he said that he would. We're supposed to be manifesting right now. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, 
They said that no one at our camp can play football, so I just I proved them wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I proved them wrong. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> and then we, when it's time for the show, his family shows up. He has two dads. Um, and they're sitting in the audience at the end, and at the very end of the musical, Joan Still, all the kids are, like, having these big confessions. And some of them are really stupid. Like, one girl says, I've learned that you don't, you don't have to be talented to be pretty, but it really helps. Or, like, you don't have to be pretty to be talented, but it really helps. Um, but then he says, I have learned to accept myself as a heterosexual man. And his dads are so supportive. They're like, we always knew, buddy. We always knew. It was, it was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so I would the, the, the funny part was, when we did find out he had two dads, Autumn was, that's why he's here. <laughs> like, <laughs> the whole movie, I was like, this poor kid does not really seem like he wants to be here very much. <laughs> Not he's doing in a fine, bad way. But... He's a very good sport. He can hold a tune. He's doing fine. But he just, like, seems so out of his element. I, like, felt, yeah. I felt for him. I would have, like I said, this movie was really good, so I'm not saying it should be changed, but I would have loved to have gotten at least more of his perspective because yeah, yeah. I thought that he was really funny and an interesting character. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> the little, um... There would be, because it's a documentary, like a black screen with some white text every once in a while. Little title cards. Yeah. Yeah. Those are usually pretty funny, too. Um, Like, at the beginning, when Joan goes into the coma, it's because (laughs) of strobe lights when she was watching Bye Bye Birdie, um, which one of our kid characters, Sebastian, was in. Um, And so then one of the cards reads, like, it was the first ever Bye Bye Birdie-related you know, injury in the history of... No, it was it was in this county specifically, oh. <laughs> which, which implies that there are mo- yeah, there better. are many Bye Bye Birdie <laughs> injuries in, <laughs> in like, other places, not oh just in gosh. New York. <laughs> there's, there's so much going on all at once that you can almost forget that, like, she's in a coma and that's, like, the main point of, the, of this whole movie. Um, <laughs> at the very end, they, they set up a live stream for her to she's still in the coma for her to watch um and so they pull up the kids like pull out a sheet and they project like oh here's here's joan and she's like lying in the hospital bed and everyone's like oh my gosh she lost so much weight um and then after the show the person in the bed pops up is like oh my gosh that's so wonderful i don't know why this is here but oh my gosh she did such a good job and it is very much not uh joan which is very funny, but we do get the closure of that was her uh, hospital neighbor. Yeah. And uh, Joan does come out of the coma in the end. She has no idea. The first thing she says when she gets out of the coma. <laughs> don't let Troy run the camp. Yeah, don't let Troy run the camp. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. That was that was good. And then she's like, why, why am I here? <laughs> yeah. That poor woman. Uh. I, I thought this, it was really fun, but I do feel like like, some tweaks could have made it better, yeah. for sure. Kind yeah. of like what you were saying. Like, I, I found, like, the Ben Platt, um, Molly Gordon uh, plotline was interesting enough. Um, they've been friends for a really long time. They went to the camp together. They teach at the camp together. We find out that um, Rebecca Diane's going to be applying for another job, and Amos doesn't want her to leave because they've always done this together. Um, I don't think it needed as much time as it was given. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the more interesting aspects of the movie could have been given more time if some of that was sacrificed. Yeah. Um, 
like that kid I was talking about, or like um, the Sebastian kid who was playing Bye Bye Birdie when, when Joan had a yeah. it was put into a coma right in front of him. Like, yeah. I think there could have been, and I don't. I'm not talking like you know this like slapstick stuff, but there could have been more gags around like again the kid that that kid. Like, he could have been like, hey, you guys want to go, like, throw frisbees around? Like, no. <laughs> like, you know, like, stuff like that, right? Like, would have been funny. You know, like, like little funny, like, bits about this this one kid, like, who shouldn't have been sent to theater camp, but is doing fine, you know, yeah. he's trying to... Or, or, like, or just, you know, like, I love those little cutaway scenes. And they did it, they did it a couple times throughout the movie, which was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved some more of those, I think, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. But otherwise, like honestly, it was good. It was good. I I can't really complain about about the film at all. Yeah, I'm glad we watched it. I was I was looking forward to that one this year, and when I turned on Hulu, it was like the first thing that popped up, and I was very excited to see it because it had been on my radar radar, and then obviously I just think about other things. So yeah. All right, I think that's it for this Whew. week. Uh, Peter had a fun idea for our birthday weeks, which for me is this week you're listening to this um it would my birthday would have already passed our next episode both of the movie picks will be from autumn yes and then when it gets to peter's birthday week in december then he'll pick both and that'll kind of be uh like a little we've we've been like pretty good throughout our marriage of coming up with ideas for just fun little things that we can do to make birthdays more special and since we do this project i feel like that was a really good idea so i have no idea what i'll be picking Uh, But it will be a full week of just my picks, so you can look forward to that. All right. We will talk to you next week.